that was the Sunday I actually took her to the EA or e ER, whatever you call it, and uh, I just couldn't leave her, so I appreciate Listen, I appreciate y'all rolling with me on this. I know this is weird. I know, you know, but it's I have to take care of her. And I and I'm just I'm just I'm just totally dedicated to making sure that she's not compromised in any way. And I'm just so grateful that y'all are just abiding me while we do this. And and I'm telling you there's nothing you're not taking any less when when any one of you minister here or Pastor West or whatever, it's not like, well, we took a hit Sunday. Uh, it's the Word, and the Word is what sets us free, and it's always good to have it come from somebody else. So turn with me in your Bible, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 4. I am enthralled with this subject, and, and the Lord just has been opening my eyes to it, and so I, I'm, I'm real excited about it. Let me get this Bible here. I believe that you and I, in this day, in this day, always, but in this day, we have to stay strong in faith. We, you know, you can talk about social issues and how to, how, you know, how to, how to get uh, three ways to, to feel good about yourself and four ways to, 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 uh, to love people better, not discounting that. That's what they're preaching everywhere. But we got to be in faith. Because I'm telling you, this thing that I've been facing, it is real. It is still kill and destroy. And I'm not going to say much about it, but I'm telling you, and it's the, the devil is no respecter. I'm, I'm in, what can I say? I'm encouraging you to pick up your faith again. The, the danger of being so blessed that you can hardly stand it, it's just so blessed, is that you let down your faith. And the devil, the, we, we looked at a series where it says the devil came, he looked for a more opportune time. And uh, he never found one with the Lord Jesus, but it's a high opportunity that he'll find one with us if we drop our guard. So, and, I'm, and these, are, these are compressed times. These times that we're in are more exponential than ever before. And so there's more blessing when you do right and the seed we've sown and the stand we've taken. There is an increase in blessing. But there's also an increase in the, in, the, in the darkness and in the power of the evil one to take us out because you and I are a target, but the very thing that the devil's after is the very thing that'll stop him. And so we have to stay strong. So I'm, I'm talking about faith tonight and the, the temptation for all of us to say, you know, I've heard 48,000 messages on faith. Please find me something new. This is, this is new. This is faith is always good, and and uh, one thing about it, a lot of a lot of uh, denominations say that you can't measure if you're born again, and so they literally teach their people you can't know, and it's that when you go over into into to the next life, you'll find out then whether you're born again. Do y'all know those? I could name them. They're they're everywhere. They're very legalistic. It's basically on the works, the law. You know, did you do enough to put you over, or did you fall short? One kind deed, and just you snapped at your dog the other day, and that just shut you off, <laughs> and you're going to a burning hell because of that. They they are teaching that, and the people are very faithful, very faithful because they're they don't want to miss it. But we're we're grace. We're no condemnation. <laughs> and so we have to be mindful that you have to keep yourself sharp uh, to stay in faith. It says in chapter 4, 
Uh, I'm in the New Living. I forgot about that. But here, this sounds so good, I just said I'm going to go that. God's promise of entering His place of rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to get there. For this good news that God has prepared a place of rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't believe what God told them. I think the King James says uh, because they didn't mix it with faith. Verse uh, 3, For only we who believe can enter His place of rest. So let's point to ourselves and say, keep believing. Keep believing. Only, look what it says. It says, for only we who believe can enter His place of rest. As for those who didn't believe, God said, in my anger I made a vow that they shall never enter my place of rest. Even though His place of rest has been ready since He made the world, we know that it is ready because the Scriptures mention the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all His work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. For God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who formerly heard the good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. God set another time for entering His place of rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David a long time, uh, a long time later in the words already quoted, Today you must listen to His voice. Don't harden your heart against Him. Verse 8, This new place of rest was not the land of Canaan. Can you say mountain resort? Can you say beach? Can you say scenic view? Can you say uh, meditation or yoga or repose or a quiet place? None of that gives us rest. Do you get this? I mean, we're all, the world is saying, you know, I got to get, I got to get to my place and everything. Now, listen, I'm loading up for the beach as soon as I can. It's not like it's that or that. Let's have both, but, but let's make that clear. Uh, this new place of rest was not the land of Canaan where Joshua led them. If it had been, God would have spoken later about another day of rest would not have spoken later about another day of rest. So if Canaan had been it, he'd have quit talking about rest. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who enter into God's rest will find rest from their labors, just as God rested after creating the world. So we're supposed to have a kind of a seventh-day rest. Uh, Let us do our best to enter that place of rest. For anyone who disobeys God, as the people of Israel did, will fail. Now, the King James, uh, in in, uh, uh, verse 11, where am I? 4.11. King James, verse 11 says, uh, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So, Guess what? It's not the beach. It's not the mountains. It's not wherever you and I go to relax and get away and, and chill, which is all good and proper. We're not, we're not saying no, no beach. We're not saying no mountain. That's not what this is about. It's just saying you can't get it fixed there. But that's all the world has, so they just keep on going back. What he's saying is, is that rest comes by being in faith. You go, well, so you could go to the mountains 
and not be in faith and not rest, or you could stay and, and till the garden and be in faith and be refreshed. So this is really important. So believing God and getting into faith is evidence of rest, a rest inside. And we're not talking about just your physical body, but even our soul. You know, you, you, can, you can go, you can watch TV for seven hours and just eat pizza and drink Coke and have popcorn and then find some M&Ms and, and just, you know, completely do nothing all day and be exhausted for the next day. We've all been there. But yeah, that's all we could do is just sit down and collapse. But uh, how does the world go after rest? One thing they do is they look forward to retirement. They won't take a weekly rest, a lot of them. Uh, people are working seven days a week, seven days a week, trying to get their stuff in so they can retire. Do you ever read about people that, that, that where they, they work seven days a week, you hear about them, and then they, uh, and then they retire? And then they pass away, and it's like, oh, bummer. They, you, you did with no rest, and you didn't get your rest. you got to take it as you go. we got to take it. And he talks about the, the rest of the Lord, uh, the rest of the, of the creation. So uh, um, people accumulate riches. I've been around that where people were, were working to get enough to, they call it retire, but what they're really saying is to rest. And it never works out. Um, power, fame, um, then people uh, fool around in their marriages. They drink, they get onto drugs or get onto something. You know, all trying to find a way to rest. If you know, you remember Michael J Jacob Jackson, where the story about him was is that he couldn't sleep, he couldn't rest, and so his doctor gave him these uh, these drugs that were supposed to put him to sleep, and it was too much. But that was the futility of not being able to find the key to rest. And uh, we got to find a Bible rest, y'all, because what we're going to be busy in these last days, and uh, we've got to find a way to rest because we can't just always pull aside from physical. It, there's an emotional, there's a, a soulish uh, thing here. So I, I wrote down here that Bible rest is defined as Complete, completing a work. Isn't that what Jesus did when He got on the cross? He completed the work. When the Lord did the six-day creation, He completed the work, and the, and the Word says He rested. And what it means is, is He ceased from His, his uh, uh, endeavor. Um, uh, the Lord Jesus, when he, when he came off of the cross and was in the tomb, and then He was raised from the dead... And then he was here for 40 days. What did he do after that? He went to the throne and sat down. You only sit down when you're finished. If you have to do the dishes, you don't sit down until the last teacup is in the cupboard. And he sat down. And so we can sit down daily when we complete the work. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's very challenging in a work-oriented culture like we are to rest by 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 being finished take sickness for instance I'll, I'll get ahead of myself here a little bit but just take sickness or monetary when you settle it when you speak to the mountain say to the mountain be thou removed be thou cast in the sea and you don't doubt in your heart but you believe those things which you say shall come to pass you shall have I have what I say so we settle it 
We settle it. We do the work. We re we've done the work. To, faith comes by hearing. We get our faith in. We, we settle all the uh, rationales, all the, uh, the encumbrances in our soul. We settle it. I am a covenant man. I have been faithful. God is faithful. God, and we settle it, and then we pull the trigger. But the next day, what, what are we tempted to do? To stand back up and worry about our finances or wonder about our finances or say, well, I need to quote some scriptures. Well, I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to. That's not a rest. And the word's talking about rest being a completed work where when you complete it with your faith, it's settled and you have a rest inside. This rest is evidence of faith. So we can look at our lives and say, what can I just not get to the end of? What is always, I settle it, I go to God, I, put, I say the word, I confess it, but the next day, I, it's still, I'm wondering, because it didn't happen. Is that right? Because God's not in a time zone. His, his, his life and His kingdom are not in a time zone, so He doesn't care about time. Faith doesn't care about time. Faith has a marker that says it's the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Not today, not tomorrow, but, but it's there nevertheless. We just can't see it, but it's there. Is that right? Faith is evidence. It is substance, but you can't see it. But we want to see it. I'm telling you, I'm talking to Debbie, wake up. I want to see it. But I have to settle it. Because there's all sorts of things, you know, that you could, you know, uh, my pastor friend Eric West said, uh, he said, uh, he said, let me just guess that when you're at home by yourself at night, because I, I can't really spend the night there uh, with her in this uh, ICU place, uh, so I have to go home. And he says, let me just guess what the devil's telling you. And so we didn't talk about that, but, but you know, it's obvious that there's an unseen that you'd like to see because you've settled inside, but you want the confirmation. But faith rests. Faith says, I don't have to see anything, and I don't have to have anything today or tomorrow, but I have it. It's as mine as it is, the shirt on my back, and the teeth in my mouth, I am just as confident that it's done, it's finished, and I'm resting. And if you can't rest, big, big marker, you're not in faith. You're well on the way, you've got it, you're gnawing it, you're developing, you're preparing it, you're, you're, you're integrating it, lots of things are going on. But you can say, if you're not in rest, it hadn't happened yet. So don't quit. Say, well, you know, I pulled the trigger, I said to the mountain, and that's the end of that. Let's, let's go somewhere. Let's do something. But the next morning tells the story because your soul will kick in and said, let's think about this. And so it's a bait, and you've got to see if your heart will take it. And I, like you, am having to get up and refute the soul and refute the devil and just say, we settled that. That's done. It's not a subject we're going to think about today. Because it's, I'm in rest about it. So, in Isaiah 26, can you turn there with me? Isaiah 26. This is going to help us. 
Just, just these things to prove our faith. You go, well, you're always harping on faith. Don't you ever trust us to be in faith? It's, it's never a, a matter of trust. It's just a satisfaction that we, we haven't been told we're somewhere where we're not. And then when we get to the end of the thing, we're disappointed. I tell people, and you've heard me say, I'd rather be a drunk in the gutter not, and know that I'm away from God than to be a deacon in the pew and not be born again. Both going to hell if something doesn't change, but the drunk in the gutter has an opportunity where the deacon might uh, pass it by. So we need to know. We need to scrutinize. We need to examine. We need to judge ourselves. Are you really in faith? Because you've got a lot of stuff riding on this. And it just takes tweaking. It just takes asking Holy Ghost. It just takes uh, a little more to push it on over to where you are in faith. Why not? Why not just say good enough? Well, you don't want to say good enough if it's not good enough. Faith is a commodity that can be measured, and we have to, we have to know that we're in. Isaiah 26.3, look at this. Now, this is Old Testament, and we don't do much in the Old when we're talking about things that happened after Jesus. 26.3 says, let's read it together. I'm in the King James. Let's read it together. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. So here, here's where the, the door is. It's your mind. You've got to... Don't y'all know the devil is after your mind? He's going to be putting things in. He's got a door where he can put things in front of you or even bring you thoughts. Now, you can cast those thoughts down, but you can't keep him from trying to bring you a thought until you just garrison your mind up and say, we, we don't even let that in. You know, we don't cuss anymore. And we don't say, I laugh so hard, I, I, I thought I was going to die, you know, and, or I just love, I love Leroy to death. We don't say stuff like that anymore. We've purged a lot of junk of unbelief out of our life. But there's always room because the door keeps, you know, it, it tries to open in this world. Um, this, that will keep him in perfect peace. I looked that up in the Hebrew, and you know what it is? The word is shalom, shalom. That will keep him in peace, peace. And so they translated it perfect peace. Peace, peace. It's, a, it's an exponential of peace. It'd be absolute peace. Thou shalt keep him in shalom, shalom, whose mind, whose focus, imagination, and expectation is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Well, trust is just faith. So he says, if you'll trust in me, get, get this down here where you trust me. You've proved me. I've done this. I've done that. What else do you want me to do? One time Debbie said, uh, 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 Debbie, how many times do I need to show you that I'm going to take care of you financially? And she said, God, I don't know. And he said, well, when you, however many it is, I'll do it. He didn't cast her down and say, you, you little fool, you can't, you can't trust me. He said, whatever it takes, I'll just keep proving myself and proving myself it'll never fail. And until and in one day, if you say that's enough, God, I, I trust you. He said, I'll just keep bringing it to you. So y'all, he'll do it. You, you got to have one more proof that he's going to help you. He'll just put him to the test and he'll help. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. The Amplified in this says, listen to this. 
It says, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. Who? Whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. He said, I'll put you in peace. I'll put you in rest if you put your mind on me. Because, because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Today's English says, You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose firm and put their trust in you. So we just got to trust him. You, you know, I got to get out of this place. I got to take a few days off and I got to bust out. I am just about to lose it. This thing is just these people, these things. I just got to get out of here and go somewhere and be quiet and just look at peaceful things. It'll be there when you get back. It'll be there when you get back. In some jobs, it piles up while you're gone. Nobody's doing it. And when you get back, it is everything it was plus what they messed up and said, we just waited for you and put it on your desk. So here it is. To get in peace, to get in rest, we've got to arrest the wanderer. You know what the wanderer is? It's this mind. That's, that's I, I, I wrote down, what I, I put it down here. Um, well, I don't know where it is, but I believe that almost every undedicated thought is subject to the devil's influence. And he's going to use people. But everything that you're not dedicated to and say, I will have this, I will do that because I am this. Everything else that has not been captive and taken in captivity to the obedience of Christ is subject to his tainting, his perversion, his fear, his all those things. So we got to bring every thought captive. We got to bring it in and say, I have a fear of getting sick or I have a fear of, of, of finances. You got to spend time. Whereas somebody else was over there like, finances is the easiest thing. And you go, not for me. Man, I, I get tore up over them. So what do you have to do? You got to go in there and get your mind locked up on finances. Are y'all here? You can't just get it on Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Well, you know, because we don't do that all the time. We're always moving around. Um, yeah, here it is. Most of the undetermined life is influenced by distraction. That's what I wrote down. Distraction. Distraction. So how come people get sick? They've been distracted to get their mind off of him. Until we get sick, and then it's too late. You know, then you're under it. Um, I told you last time about Smith Wigglesworth, where they would always assail him for his methods. You know, he kicked that baby up against the wall. That's famous. And uh, he, that man that was on the stretcher I told you all about, that was uh, terminal. His doctor had brought him into the meeting, and Smith went over there and punched him in the stomach, which is how he... And the doctor just like, I will sue the family. We'll, you'll, you'll never preach again. You are done. And Smith turned and started walking up the aisle away from it. And he said, he's famous for this, I know my job. Well, the doctor was chasing him up the aisle as he was going to minister to somebody else. And he said, they sue you, you'll never do, you'll always be, until the man in his gown tail that he had punched started walking up behind Smith too. <laughs> and it shut the lawyer, the doctor up. Smith said, I know my job. I have a trust. I can hit this man in the stomach. And I know my job, 
I trust God. He never talked, he never looked back. He, if you read the account, he never looked back to see how it turned out. He knew his job. Well, we got to know our job because we cannot have the, the cares of this world on our lives. So we got to labor. Listen, you got to labor. If there's a work in the kingdom, it's to get in faith. It is work to get in faith. It's not work to, 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 to roast marshmallows by the campfire or to, you know, to look at the, the lake. It's not, but it's work to get in faith. Y'all know it is to read the word, meditate the word, to lock in, to not be distracted. I need to go empty the dryer. I need to go turn the water off. You know, no, I'm locking in to get my faith to a place of, of confident trust so that I can rest inside. Now, there's more to this. Uh, I discovered in my own meditation two things that are evidence of rest. Now, it doesn't mean that you're in rest when you do these. But I can tell you, if you don't do these, you're not in rest. And one of them is the tithe. Now, there's a lot going on with the tithe, but one of it is, is I am trusting 10% of my stuff when I'm pretty sure I couldn't make it on 100. I'm giving God 10, and I'm not doing it based on this was a hard week, or this was a tight month, or this was a, you know, but I probably will be able to get back. It's, that's not tithing. That's not tithing. Tithing is when, and this is how I do it, and do it how you want to, but when I do not put my check away, when I get a check, I do not get it away, put it away in any form until I write out the tithe. I do not let that be in any kind of space between it being in my possession, like the bank or cashing it or whatever you do, and me not having a check made out to the place where I bring my tithe, which is here. I just, I just never let a crack get in. I, I know people do it different, and I'm not saying this is the way to do it, but I'm telling you, I never flinch on the tithe, and I know y'all don't either. And it's, it's a place of rest where you know when you've done it, you're done. You can sit down. And when you don't, you know that thing's dogging you, especially, and I'm just talking outside of this group, of course, but especially if you go buy something fun with it and, you have to, and you're driving your tithe or you're, you're skiing your tithe or you're, you know, you're, you're whatever you, we, we do when we don't tithe, and we, then I just wouldn't want my tithe to be in four wheels or to be in a boat or be in it. Y'all know what I mean? I just, you couldn't rest. My point is, is not that God looks at it and say, what, what? Because he doesn't need... He doesn't need your tithe. He doesn't need my tithe. But he wants you to rest. And if, unless you don't know better, you're not at rest. Because when you're ducking and dodging, when something bad comes up, up the driveway, something comes in, you're like, oh, I'm condemned because my gate's down, my door's open, my life, I didn't tithe, and I'm not in rest, and I'm having to go to this part up here. To, to whip this. The other thing I found, because I've been really meditating this, was the Sabbath. Now, y'all know that we do not have a set Sabbath in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God treated the people like children. And you know with children, they got to have a pattern. You've got to tell them when and how and where. And there's got to be parameters if you don't do it. Am I telling this right? <laughs> 
And so he had to treat them that way because they were not regenerated. They were just bad boys and girls that had grown up. But us, we're filled, we're son, the mature sons of God. So he doesn't tell us, it'll be on Saturday or it'll be on Sunday. All these places like the Adventists and stuff that say it has to be on Saturday. My mother-in-law called the other day and she said, well, I got a friend and she's off at church. It was Saturday. I said, Saturday? She said, oh, yeah, she's one of those people that says, you know, you're, you're damned if you don't do it on Saturday. It's the Jewish thing and all that. None of that matters. But what God does want you to do is come to the place in your life where you don't, you don't mow the grass, you don't go paint the car, you don't, you don't go paint the house. There's a time where you and I, by the Spirit, agree with God and say, I'm going to bring my life to a cease mode. I'm going to sit down. Sure, you could wash the car, and sure, you could, you know, bake a cake, sure. But that wouldn't be a rest. Because the next day, you're going to get up and go do something else, because it's not Sunday. Now, culturally, we do do Sunday in America. But it's pretty much trampled on. You know, it used to be everybody was in agreement. But it doesn't matter. You and I have got to find a Sabbath. Is that right? It's not that you rest on the Sabbath. It's that you declare before God, I can't make it on seven, but I'm going to make it on six. I'm going to, I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to lift my hands before you today. I'm going to think on you. I'm going to be with my family, but we're going to be in you. You, you pull aside to Him and have a symbolic rest, which signifies, like the tithe, a greater rest. Your tithe... And my tithe is not buying the financial things of the kingdom. It's that we settle it with the tithe and faith then goes out and gets everything we need and more. It's not the money. It's that it's a settling. It's a sitting down. It's a finished. It's a I'm done. I brought my tithe. Now, the Holy Ghost will say, let's do something with, let's do more or let's do something, you know. But that's, that's on you. That's on me to give more. But the tithe, it's like you're not going to have a rest until you know about the tithe and you settle it with the tithe. So um, that's just two things. There might be other things, but that's two things I thought about. Um, here it is, and I'm going to finish with this. All ministry in your life, all things that you do, everything you need from God, everything you want to give God, depends on this mantra. You and I must believe that God is faithful. Can you say it with me? God is faithful. We struggle with it. We debate it. We say that we believe it with our mouths, but our actions many times belie that. But we have to believe that what God said is true and that He's faithful. That the sun will not come up in the morning before what He said in the Word will come to pass for you and me. Of course, we could make a case to say, well, why doesn't everything happen? But it's not on God's side. We close the door many times to Him. And here's the thing. If it's God's job to do the Word, what things, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. If it's God's job to give them to us when we pray, according to His Word and our desires, then if we give Him the job to bring us the desires that we have, we should let Him do His job. 
What we don't do many times is we pray what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe you receive those things you desire, you shall have them. We pray, okay, God, we say to the mountain, be removed, okay. But then we don't let him do his job. The next day we get up and take a thought, saying, wonder if that's going to happen. Or we just say, that didn't turn out. Look, they, they gave the job to Billy Bob or, or the house we wanted and believed for. Well, it, they put a contract on it. It looks like it's not going to happen. And we, so, so if you can't rest in your faith, and we've all been here, then don't pretend that you gave him the job. Don't say, I gave the job to God to bring me the desires of my heart. And he didn't do it. But if you didn't give him the job and just say, I gave him the job. As far as I'm concerned, it's done. I, I gave him the job. I gave him the job. He said he'd do the job, so I gave him the job. Now it's his job, not my job, and I'm done. If you can't say I'm done, if you can't rest, then you shouldn't have given him the job in the first place. And sometimes you have to come back and say, you know, God, I wasn't in faith. I, I, I did everything outwardly, and in my soul, I, in my heart, I thought I was, but actually, it was in my soul. Lord, I'm not in faith. Have you ever done that before where you had a, you had a, a mulligan or, or a, what we call in our family a jerky back? <laughs> We'd play in cards. We'd, somebody'd pick up the card after they put it down and say, ah, you, you, that's a jerky back. Well, you, you, when we jerky back God, we need to jerky back and say, God, let, whoo. I believed I received when I prayed, but I wasn't believing. So I need to go off in the corner and settle some things that are obviously. But no, we just leave it out there piously and just say, well, you know, God's in control and God, God's going to do it. But we're not in faith. And then when it doesn't happen, because it can't happen. If you're not in faith, it can't happen unless it just happens like it would happen if you weren't in faith. It just happened in the, in the array of life. If, if it doesn't happen, then even though you know it was you that wasn't in faith, there's an indictment against God. And He's not faithful in your, in your eyes or your heart. He's not faithful. Well, I believe, but you know, you know, maybe next year. No, that's an indictment. And it's saying God is not faithful. You cannot abide that God's not faithful. You cannot walk in the supernatural if God's not faithful. There's nothing going on in your life except the same as the people that don't know God. It's exactly the same for you if you cannot get to the place where He is faithful. Like I said, the sun didn't come up this morning. But it did. And it, if it did, then He's faithful. I said, He's faithful. So Smith Wigglesworth, for instance, and John G. Lake, I've got, his, I've got the letter that he wrote to a colleague. He said, I discern that I have no special gift from God. Both of them said that. I have no special gift from God. The things that he does through me are simply as a believer that believes. He said, I just believe God will. So I go do what he says and believe that he will and take no thought about that he won't. He said, I have no special gift. There's hope for all of us. Hoo-hoo. God uses special gifts in a time that are beyond our intellect or beyond our soul, beyond our 
capacity, our imagination. He'll, he'll jump in there and cause something to be done as we're doing. Special gifts, gifts of faith and stuff are as you're doing. After you've already stepped out with no gift, you just stepped out in faith, then God says, Let, I, 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 can, I can put fuel in that. I'll, I'll support that. And he then, he, then in the doing or in the going, then he will add special gifts. But you don't get special gifts and just sitting around and God says, I need to get some special gifts out. You know, I'm going to just do them despite that. I wrote down here, and we'll finish with this. Peace is only where you're not afraid to die. Every one of us, you will not have peace is there, if there's an inkling of the fear of death. If you're afraid to die in any way, if you fear death, if you hold back because they might hurt your body, then you cannot be in peace. You will always have a tension or a, uh, uh, a nervousness about you. Because when, you know, when you're in faith, you just know <laughs> stepping over there is promotion. It is increase. I tell everybody, you can tell them too, it's always right. Or it's, I say it's always good to go to heaven. Don't ever put somebody down because they could have stayed longer and done more. If they couldn't have done more, they need to be in heaven. Maybe they're in the way, but God doesn't, God doesn't judge that. He, it's always on us. It's always good to go to heaven. No condemnation for going to heaven. You got loved ones that died before their time. No condemnation. It's always good to go to heaven. You hate it when children, little children go. I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about children. I'm talking about adults. It's, there's no condemnation for going to heaven. Everybody wants to live the full ripe life as a heathen, as a hypocrite, as a stumbling block, as a agnostic or whatever, or just a benign, uh, mediocre Christian giving a bad testimony. Ah. The only way we want to stay on earth, if we're like Paul, he said, I want to go, but I'm going to stay because I can help you. Now, that's the reason to stay and not go to heaven. It's like, I'd go, but i got to stay here and help you. So if you got a life like that, I say, go for it. Well, amen. That's enough of that. Let's get in, let's get in faith. Let me tell you, I've learned this, and I've always said it, but I've learned it. It's too late once you go into the hospital to increase in faith. You can hang on to everything you've got. You can maintain. You can, you can, you can hold your ground. But what you got is what you got. So if you don't want to go where I've been or, or you know, financially or with other places, I'm not, I'm not taking the hit on this hospital thing. I'm, not, I'm being very candid and very open with you all. And y'all just think what you want to think. I am doing the best I can, and Debbie is too. And we're not even sure what the whole end of this is. And it's real easy to judge that. And most pastors don't let you judge it. They hide and all that. I'm just like, I'm, we're an open book. But let me just tell you, there's no one exempt. Everybody's got a devil that's after you. So I'm not prophesying that the devil's going to get you, <laughs> but I'm saying it would be unusual if he didn't try. It would be impossible that he didn't try. The only way he wouldn't try to get on you is if you weren't worth having. You wasn't going to do anything with your life. You were just, you were helping the world. You were helping the devil. He'd say, leave him alone. <laughs> ah, We're going to walk this out. 
I'm going to figure this out. We're going to get on the other side. It's not going to happen again. You know, we say get off the bridge. Don't stay on the bridge. So we're going to get off this bridge of being in the hospital. I'm thanking God for these girls. I've had some marvelous nurses, and I talk to them about the things of God and, and, and everything, but uh, uh, the Lord's helping us. But this isn't the way you want to live. This is, this is, they told us the calcitonin, she took three doses one day, is $2,000 a dose. So, you know, I've got, I've got Blue Cross here at, at River Church. I'm, I'm praising God that y'all, y'all believed God and you go, well, why do you have Blue Cross? Are you afraid? You know, that's just another issue. All insurance is an issue of your faith and everything. But I'm just saying, um, uh, we play, we pay plenty uh, for ours just like you. But uh, it was $47,000 for the first week is what they sent the bill. Blue Cross made them discount it, and then they paid their part, and then I have a little part. I'm telling you all this just to say, get in faith. That's, I'm, not, I'm detailing here, but the bottom line is, is don't wait until you're over there and say, well, you know, while I'm sitting in the hospital, I have plenty of time to read and study and meditate. No, you won't. You'll hang on to what you got when you walked in that door if you can, but you will not, you will not grow. You'll have to have the elders of the church come and pray the prayer of faith that'll save the sick. And I've had them. I've had, I've had some help. My pastor friends help, and then I've asked, uh, you know, for help. Because I am not going to be prideful and die. I'm going to be humble and live. And I'm going to get on the other side of this and say, Lord, what was that all about? And he'll tell me. He'll show me. And I'll learn and I'll not go there again. So my thing I tell Debbie every time I come in and I say, it's in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, darling, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And then I tell her that, uh, uh, that he who raised Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body by that spirit that raised him from the dead. Those are the two things I tell her, and she is waking up. Amen. So if y'all are if y'all are thinking of us, well tell her. Tell her to wake up. Wake up, wake up Debbie. Wake up. Amen. So praise God. Well, a little faith lesson tonight. It'll help us. Amen. Well, we're going to receive our midweek tithes and offerings.